Hello and welcome back to episode 17 of Down Under the Ring podcast. I am your host, The Warship, and I'm joined as always by Fidmic Awesome. And today we are going to be covering Crown Jewel. Also, we're going to finally, I know we said it last week, but this week we're going to finally cross the line. And is AEW becoming the place all good things go to die? What do you think, Fid? Oh, mate, we're going to get into it when it comes to the AEW situation. But I'm going to hold back until we get there because otherwise it's just going to be a show about Fid ranting. I've had my rants, you've had your rants, I think we're both pretty damn good at ranting, especially when it comes to things we're passionate about. How's your week been? Let's do that small talk. We can do that. We can do some small talk. It's been an interesting week. I've had some interesting meetings regarding the show this week. Yeah, Uh, we have. Good things hopefully on the way, so make sure you stay tuned to the podcast because we're working on some things and it's going to be really f***ing cool. And also, not just on t- not just that, I'm trying my best here. I know Fid's already dropped it. I'm actually going to try, guys. I'm going to try not to swear for the entire Ooh, podcast today. Yes. So, yeah, that we, is... we, there was a call we made this week. We were going to try and become more PG. Right? Yeah, we, get, we moved into our PG era. So yeah. hopefully now I'm going to get some jorts in the mail. I'm going to get a hat and matching T-shirt, and it's going to be PG all in the way. In saying that, I, I am currently wearing a Cena hat. <laughs> and we're going to change. We're going to change the logo to Down Under the Ring HD. Yes, yes, it's going to be great. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a rainbow logo as well with 2.0 Down Under the Ring. We'll see how we go. But in all honesty, we just want to keep a little bit of an eye on it because we know, as an Australian and a New Zealander, we tend to swear. A lot. (laughs) A lot. It's in our vernacular. It's all about swearing. But we want to present a little bit more of a professional aesthetic here. So we'll see how we go with that. For me, my week's been pretty good. I didn't mention it on podcast, I don't think. But like last week, week before last, I was driving to work and I coughed. And my neck said, hey, remember how you were broken once? Why don't we feel like that a little bit again for a bit? So I've been really just tender with it, careful with it. And I'm really in a spot now where I went to the back to the gym today for the first time. I felt really good. I'm still feeling really good. The plan is still in motion to just keep working at it. It was honestly just a twist in the wrong direction. It is what it is. It happens. It must be, it must be scarier for you, though, because I haven't injured my neck. And I sometimes will wake up and be, have a crook neck from just sleeping the wrong way, right? getting to that age but I mean like for you be like is it just because you've slept the wrong way is it just because you coughed funny or is it your injury being aggravated like it'd be quite scary I imagine yeah it really is like it really is because for me I put so much into my body and my mm. physique when I was working as hard as I could before I got hurt and a lot of investment went into it so I was really lucky. I broke my hand a couple of times in wrestling. I had some minor injuries as Mm. well. I broke my ribs a few times. I bled everywhere, all of that kind of stuff. But I was really lucky to not have any significant time off with injury. And then when I got hurt, it was like, okay, so here all of it is at once. This is your entire lot of injury, pain, Mm. and time off. Every time I 
feel a twinge or anything like that, I get super worried because like I said to you in the episode where we spoke about my injury at length, when I got hurt, I didn't really know. I just assumed that was normal pain and I get worried that my tolerance to pain is still that high Mm. that I might end up being in a spot where I don't realise that I've done something bad again. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I imagine it would be like you'd you'd be second guessing and getting it checked and also it would be actually scary. Yeah, because you never know. So mm. I didn't know then, so how could I possibly know this time? Now. So yeah, exactly right. But hey, let's not dwell on the negative, hey? Well the journey is still on for uh, the first Aussie member of Nick Strong. Yep, that's it. We're going to be there. I'm going to be as awful as that entire gimmick by myself. I'm just going to abuse people who have had injuries and yep. just be a horrible person. That's the goal. That's obviously it. Uh, but no, <laughs> let's move into some more lighthearted things. Now, I stayed up, and I know you did too for Crown Jewel. I tapped out about halfway through the show. In fact, I'm sorry, Ms. But I tapped out around about Ms. TV time. It was so, just time for sleep. Okay, you didn't miss anything with Ms. TV. I haven't even got it on the notes here. It was very much a segment that was for the live audience and for the Saudi audience. It wasn't for us in the international audience. And But look, they did a great job for that audience. I'm sure they loved it. I, yeah. I, I really am sure they loved it. I went back and I looked at it later and I was like, yeah, okay, look, I get what they're doing. It's a lot of money they get every oh, year absolutely. to do this thing. And if they say jump, they're going to say, all right, off of what? How high? What do you need me to do? I'll do it, yes, please, because in I so, like money. In saying that, this show, two years in a row, has gone from being the non-canon side quest bank buffering pay-per-view that was purely there for the Saudi audience and we didn't we, we could safely sleep through it and it was business as usual on Monday when Raw rolled around. But these last two years have actually been amazing shows and this one was no different. I enjoyed most of this show. Okay, that was the question I was going to ask because I really wanted to know how many bunning sausages out of 10 you were going to give the event. Oh, look... Uh, I would give this a seven and a half snags. Mm, okay. I don't know if I'm that hungry. Yeah, I don't I, know if I'm that hungry, honestly. I'm thinking I, I maybe may, I may five have also, and a half. I may have been delusional from no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> there were good matches. There were the, 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 the show itself was good, albeit predictable. And that's a problem that I have. Oh, absolutely. I think almost every result, I haven't actually checked my fantasy booking poll yet from, it's actually one of the things, I actually do it on WrestleTalk is their fantasy booking thing where you can do your picks or whatever. And I haven't checked my results there, but I think I wouldn't be surprised if I got all of these this month. Uh yeah, look, honestly, I, I think that I got every single one on the list. I think yeah. that everything that we, even Kyrie Sane's return, which we'll get into later, I'm pretty sure we even buffered that a couple of days before it happened. Yeah, so we did. There's nothing there that I saw, except for my prediction that didn't happen, which I'm so pissed about still. In saying that, we'll get to that later, but we've still got Monday Night Raw happening tomorrow. We've still got SmackDown coming. 
I wouldn't be surprised if it still comes to fruition. But let's kick things off with the first match on the main card, uh, which is Seth versus Drew. This was... Oh, actually, before we go into the first match, can we just quickly talk about Sammy? Like, Okay, we'll talk about Sammy. Sammy, Sammy is over his JD. F- He's over his f- Saudi. He is over as Frick in Saudi. Oh, yes. He- <laughs> <laughs> That's twice already. He is so over in Saudi right now. Like, it is, it is wild. Uh, I think that I was a little bit disappointed to learn that it was part of the pre-show. In fact, it was the only match on the pre-show. I mean, nice that WWE are putting matches on their pre-show now. Yeah, we like that. I do think that it didn't really need more for what it was because it was a nothing match. Hmm. But I think having Sammy return later in as well on the card was good. Yeah. So as far as the match goes, it's pretty pedestrian. I think JD did very well and was made to look amazing during the match as well. I would have probably liked to have seen JD win only because the Judgment Day storyline and establishment of JD moving into the Judgment Day sort of hinges on JD winning a match yeah, once. Yeah. JD McGluckGluck needs to be getting more opportunity to look big or look like he deserves to be there. He looks really small. Yeah. Like, that's the problem. And not just from the stature point of view. He is super duper short, but more so from what has he done that has had any real substance so far? Not nothing, much, right? So, He's just been hanging around and being, oh, things, mate. And I know that we spoke about it like a while ago is the concept of Finn Balor maybe leaving Judgment Day Mm. for JD or JD replacing Finn Balor in the Judgment Day. Neither of those things seem achievable at this point. Not at the moment, no. But I I think it it did, it was a good setup match for later on in the pay per view, in the PLE. I mean, I I still can't get over saying pay per view, I have to tell you. Then, Let's move on to the main card, though, yeah. yeah? Shall we? 100%. Seth versus Drew, I told you as after this match uh, live in our chat that I thought this was actually a banger of a match, good match to start off with. Uh, like you said, pretty predictable. Um, I think this could have been the opportunity, though, to have Seth actually... Oh, it's not Seth, uh, Priest actually cash in. I think was the perfect time to do it. I think it would have been awesome to do it right there and then. And I was a bit gutted when it didn't. Look, okay. So I cheered when his music hit. My, my gut, the thing that I'm gutted about is that I think I would really like Drew to win. I think that it's time for Drew to get that now yeah i know i said that about shinsuke as well but i think that drew could really have used it he leaves a little bit like what's happening now and the contract thing is back up again conversation already Uh, at the end of the day i think drew is a really good hand he has got an explosive finisher i think he's got everything you need he can talk he's funny there's so much that he can do well and he's a monster of a dude but Give also, him a belt and holy shit. He, 100%. And my, holy hell. So my wife was watching this with me and the entire time she just kept on saying, that guy's a monster. Look at him. He's huge. How is he not winning this? But my big thing is how long can we keep rehashing the story of I was the champ during COVID and nobody was there? 
that's the thing. If he wins it, that goes away. Yeah. So but how long can we keep telling like telling the story? Like it's going to become meaningless if we keep saying, "I won it during COVID. Nobody was there. I want to do this in front of the fans." Blah 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 blah. Like mm. it's a cool story, but it's losing its power every time we tell it. Yeah. No, it really is, and that's the problem because. What does Drew have? Why don't we just said this, but what does Drew have? He doesn't have much right now. And I thought his promo leading up to the event was really good. 100%. I thought that him... I really love the idea, that promo where he comes out and he's like, I want to challenge you to yeah. a match. Like, and and he's, Seth was like, you're not going to jump me? not going to jump me? Yeah. You want me to be at 100%? He's like, nope. Yep. That was really cool because it it's like, yes, I want you to be 100%. I don't want there to be an excuse when I beat you. Like, I know it's I not that's the, awesome. I know it's not the first time we've seen the honorable challenge, but I felt like this one felt different. And it, yep. yeah, but in saying that, I also would have hated if Druid won and then Priest had cashed in. Would you, wouldn't have surprised me if they had gone down that direction. I would like to, because I don't think Priest needs it. I've been thinking about that for a while. I would not be mad if Drew won and then Priest lost. Or I wouldn't be lost. mad. Because that gives the Judgment Day this divisive rift. That's a good You point. know, because he's still tag team champion. Yeah. But the thing that he holds over Finn, the thing that he holds over the Judgment Day as a whole is gone. Yeah. And I think that's something that is worth discovering, worth moving into a little bit more. So 100%. it will be interesting to see how it goes. Obviously, Sammy, Sammy was the reason the, the, the cash-in didn't work, for those who didn't see it. As uh, Priest went to cash-in, Sammy was like, hey, it's Yoink. me, and now I'm taking this yeet and just left with the briefcase. And uh, I thought that was excellent as well. Also, I actually thought brave of Sammy to run through the crowd at the Saudi show because of how over he is with those that crowd. Like, maybe well, they yeah. didn't start following him around because that crowd, I don't know if you've ever noticed in previous events, like, they ignore security. Yes. Yeah. Like, that crowd doesn't give a shit about security. They will move over to one location and empty out an entire section of that arena. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was good to see, like, they actually navigated it pretty well. Like, they, they did, when I mean, they got back there. I was all for it. The match itself was excellent. The finish was good. I think that the only thing I didn't really like about the finish was there was, like, a little bit of a no-sell of the Claymore because after he hit the Claymore and it looked like it was over and then all of a sudden Seth just had superhuman powers and was able to deliver the pedigree. Yeah. And, yeah, like, I, what I would have loved to have seen was... In that moment where Drew turned around after the super kick, the super mm. kick, and he stumbled around into the pedigree, I would have loved to have seen Drew take the kick to the head, turn around, and then hit a second Claymore. I would have loved to have seen that, like a complete fighting spirit no-sell, because the dude is enormous, and yeah. Seth is not enormous. And I, I, did I just like, think he needed that one little bit of fire, one I little extra like bit. I did like the way he executed that last Claymore because it was actually a Claymore out of nowhere. Yeah, because well, yeah. normally he builds up to the claymore, right? Yeah, it was like two steps, and he hit it. Yeah, it was a beautiful claymore. After the match, we saw Drew backstage looking down on himself. And what did you think of the interaction with Rhea? I, I thought it was funny. Yeah, because <laughs> she was just like, "I told, told you, you should have done this," because I think that's a possible pathway as well. 
if if Priest had cashed in and lost, I could have seen that interaction being something real interesting. Yeah. I could have seen an edge situation all over again with Priest and Drew. Yeah, 100%. Right, then we get to the women's match. Now, this is a five-way. I'll be honest, I don't like five-ways where anyone can be pinned for the title. I personally don't like them. I think it's a dumb stipulation myself. It was an interesting match. It wasn't bad, but I think the coolest moment of this match was Rhea's entrance. Rhea got the Undertaker entrance, but here's the biggest shock to me, is Rhea Ripley came out with the Saudi Druids, a whole team of men escorting her out, and this is in Saudi Arabia, where generally women are positioned as being lower down in the cast than men, and she came out looking like she had a harem of men. Yeah, like this reverse harem of men. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting as well because obviously mummy's always on top. That whole concept of Rhea Ripley being Mm. this dominating force in everything that she does. And even though obviously she wasn't allowed to wear her normal gear, it was still just a bit of a nod. she somehow still looked more like a uh, dominatrix. (laughs) Yeah, just added to the whole vibe. I really liked it. I didn't like the match. I am... I don't want to rant. I don't want to, but Nia Jax is the worst. 100%. Okay, about four episodes ago, when Nia first returned, both you and I said we were going to give her the benefit of the doubt and give her time to prove herself again, right? Because she'd been away... We'd heard that she'd been training. We'd seen things online of her getting training in her downtime and all that sort of thing. Now she's back. She's been back for a couple of months now, and she is not good at this. Look, she's not. And I don't know how much training she's gone through since leaving and coming back. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the schedule's been like at all. But there were so many instances in this match where where I just said, what the actual hell are (laughs) you doing in the ring? It's really disappointing because I understand the vibe of trying to build this monster, this monstrous person who can beat everybody. Mm -hmm. I saw the post on Instagram, I think it was, where it was pictures of all the women in the match and it was one that Naya posted where it was like, sat on her face, sat on her face. So so I get the funny kind of big heel. It's not what needs to happen. Nah. It's not. You need a monster. You need like brutal. I think you've got Shayna Baszler in this match who is a legit machine, right? And... I think she was amazing in the match. She had her moments. Zoe Stark has the potential to be a monster, I think. Yeah. Raquel is just huge and so strong. Yes. Right? And then yeah. you've got Rhea, who is arguably the most dominant woman in WWE in years. Recent um, memory, I would yeah. say, is probably fair to say on that. Yeah. And then, and, but Nia just stood out and not for the right reasons. Yes. No, I spent the whole match just saying, look, it's just not good. Like There, there, was, there, there was, was multiple so many... moments where it felt to me like she was out of place as well, like she wasn't where she was meant to be for spots. Yeah, there were a lot of miscommunication spots. There was a lot. There was that 
the single arm choke slam bomb mm. that Raquel did, and the whole thing just looked so awkward. Oh, completely awkward. There was another moment as well where Naya came up and I can't remember who was on the mat. Someone was back down on the mat and she came up to give him a boot and basically she just nudged her with her foot like she didn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. Like I was sitting here watching with a friend and I looked at him and he was like, what was that? Because it yeah. literally, I was like, wait a minute, I get it. And I said, hey, Jack, I get it. I understand what's happening. Naya got trained by Orange Cassidy. That's what it is. <laughs> She's doing the Orange Cassidy kick spot right now. Yeah. Because, yeah, it was garbage. It was garbage. And the only time it wasn't garbage was when Shayna was doing that run with the submission holds and everything like that. <laughs> and any time Rhea Ripley was in the ring. Yep. The rest of the time, it felt pretty rubbish. And it's really unfortunate because I had high hopes for it, even though I don't like those kind of matches either. I think that elimination matches of that variety are much better because it 100%. kind of gives that really big match feel when there are two people left at the end. Yep, agreed. And it just didn't have that. Also, going, finishes are not great. Going into the match, I wasn't sure what the stipulation was as well. So I was waiting for Michael Cole to say exactly what the stip was because it wasn't very clear going in. No, it wasn't clear at all. Before we go any further, this show is brought to you by OG Nerd. OG Nerd represents the gamers, the cosplayers, the collectors, the model makers, the tattooists, the artists, and the athletes. They are not just a clothing brand, they are a subculture. OG Nerd revel in their halcyon youth and embrace the lifestyle driven by nostalgia, humble beginnings and heroes. OG Nerd strives to offer quality, comfortable and above all stylish streetwear apparel inspired by a lifetime of gaming, music and street art. I've worked with OG Nerd for many years and find their apparel second to none in terms of quality and appearance. Whether it's at a wrestling show or a convention, you'll be hard pressed to find a better armour for your rig. Get yours at ognerdlife.com. Yes, moving right along then, because I don't think we can spend much more time on this without sounding like it's doing a Naya Berry job. Diss tracks. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of diss tracks, hey, well, how is that transition? And speaking of diss tracks and also speaking of clear-cut victories, John Cena, Solo Sokoa. What do you think about what went down? Okay, not an amazing match, but... Cena looked good, though, I have to say. I will say, I think, look, I think Cena looked good. I think Solo beating him clean makes Solo look strong. The last run of moves in that match, I felt I felt mixed about it. Like, I think it was cool having Solo dominantly winning, but for some reason it just didn't land for me. The, the repeater Samoan spikes at the yeah. end was, like, awesome. I, I've wanted to see something like that from Solo for a mm -hmm. while because I think that the Samoan Spike is a really protected move. Yep, and, and it should be. It's really cool and it should be, but, man, just seeing the next level of it was good. Mm. Just seeing him take it to the next level and just – it's just like just, he wants to hurt him. He yep. wants to take him out forever. Yep. That was really good. I didn't quite understand the end that you still got it. He's not retiring moment, but that was really... But eh, they I kind of... I like that. The build going into this match kind of was based around maybe I should retire. I think mm. that's why the crowd reacted the way they did. I think there's some very intentional booking there so that people think when Cena comes out this week, he is going to retire. Oh, will we get a salmon jacket moment? 
we might get a salmon jacket moment. Oh, LA Knight in the ring. Salmon jacket moment. Cena's in there talking about retiring. LA Knight comes out and he's like, you want to retire? Nah, nah. You can't retire. you still got stuff to do. Why don't we take on the bloodline one more time together? Yeah. And then salmon moment. Salmon jacket moment. Cena's like, nah, it's time to go. I'm all hurt. But I want to raise your hand one more time as the person. And then whoop, kick his head off. Attitude adjustment. Yeah. I, I, I said this to you earlier this week. Business wise, I think the John Cena heel turn works right now. Cena's not in a position anymore where he's the guy selling tickets. He's not the guy who is the merch moving machine like he used to be. He's not the kids' fan favorite anymore. Mm-hmm. which is all the reasons that why Cena stayed face for so long, right? He was the face that ran the place. He is not that person anymore. He is 1996 Hogan right now. Yeah. Where he's the old guy that used to be the face who I think it could rejuvenate his career turning heel. And what we need now is a, a bit of a new, new world order moment, for sure. 100%. That's what we need for Cena. If Cena is going to stick around for any amount of time, that's what we need. 100% if it's time to go home to the movies, then, you know, this could be it. And saying that, if it is time for him to go home, look, I don't think by the looks of it we're not going to get a end to the strike this, time, this side of New Year's. I think you could turn Cena heel... And he could do almost a combination of NWO Hogan and Hollywood Rock, mm-hmm. right? Where Hollywood Rock was in and out all the time as a heel. Talking about how he doesn't need wrestling and he's here to grace you with his presence and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can see that too. I do think, though, that for me at least, the plan should still be Cena versus LA Knight. 100%. If we can get all the way to Mania before Cena has to go back to work, that yeah, should be That's the... my set in stone prediction. Like, I'm going to call that now. I already called it, but I'm going to make it like official. WrestleMania, Cena versus LA Knight. I'm calling it. It has to happen yeah. because that is the star-making match mm. because LA Knight at this point in time doesn't have shit to do and there's no foreseeable lane that I can see him slotting into by WrestleMania that will be a high-profile match, and what he needs is that. Absolutely, absolutely. And as we know, Cena f***s with LA Knight, so he's not going to bury him going into it like he has done with other people. I think we could potentially have a banger of a story going into it, and I want to see what a 2023 heel Cena looks like, and... It's going to be different. It's going to be different than Thug Life Cena. But, hey, we might get crew cut back and that'll hide his freaking bald spot. (laughs) Once again, going back to my wife watching the show with me, she kept on bringing up, she was like, oh, my God, Cena's going bald. Babe, he's been going bald for a while. Yeah, but with that haircut. (laughs) I don't know if he does it intentionally. I feel like he is at the moment. I think he does too. I think he's leaning Uh, into the dad look. Yeah, I think that it's almost like, it could even be a precursor to everything that we're talking about. Yeah. It could be, what did you guys say to me when I got back? Oh, Cena's great, but look at his hair. You don't deserve me and all of that kind of stuff. So I can definitely see that. that's my prediction. That's my hope. It's not a spoiler, 
but I really hope it's a prediction that comes true. Absolutely. All right, moving right along. One of the biggest stars of social media graced us. 50 million. <laughs> uh, Logan Paul versus the legend Rey Mysterio. And I have to say that this was probably Logan Paul's least exciting match. Yeah, you didn't like it. I, it's not a bad match. Mm, okay. It was not a bad match. In no way am I saying it's a bad match at all. I'm just saying I don't think it lives up to what we've seen Logan Paul do in the last few matches where he has had highlight reel moments, he's had showstopper moves pulled off, he's had those things that were essentially the thing that was put there specifically for social media. I, In saying that, I think the moment that was made for social media, intentionally made for social media... Uh, was Logan Paul deservedly winning this title. And as much as I have historically hated Logan Paul as a human being and as a content creator over the years, he, he deserves this title, dude. And I think You've got to give him them flowers, man. You've got to give him them flowers for oh, this. Oh, 100%. But also business-wise, it makes sense as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a title that is going to be proudly over this man's shoulder everywhere he goes for the next few months. Yep. All um, of his posts, all of his videos on the internet, man, oh, he's going to be I everywhere. I have no doubt that the next episode of Impulsive is going to have that title on the coffee table in front of him. Yeah. All right. Um, and one thing as well to note, I think that's really important, is it's very possible that Logan Paul saved Rey Mysterio's life in that match. And that was what I was alluding to when I said the intentional social media moment. Because that that, that lion salt into the catch that Rey Mysterio went for there, if Logan hadn't have stepped forward and grabbed him, Rey would have landed on the top of his head. Yeah, the, like, the way that he was going and the speed that he was moving, his arms wouldn't have done shit. He would have gone straight into the mat. Yeah. I've watched a breakdown of that very move, and it looks like Logan Paul might have been the one who cocked that up by just being too far back, right? Not mm. being in the right position at the time. But this dude is not a seasoned vet. He has not been doing this for very long. What's this? Year two of his career. Yeah. And he had the wherewithal to see what was happening, whether it was his fault or not. Yeah. And step in and grab Ray at the 11th, like, literally seconds before disaster. I have no doubt that Ray Mysterio hugged that man tightly when they got back into Gorilla. Oh, absolutely. I've got a really interesting, a really interesting thing to posit you here. Okay. And it, for me, it's to say... Yes, second year, yeah? Yep. Dominic Mysterio in his second year was worse than Logan Paul. Absolutely. And he's the son of a legend. The great, he's son of the greatest luchador of all time. That's exactly right. So as much as we hate all of the other stuff about him, cannot deny that Logan Paul, he has it. He oh. has it but, so much. And But the, this very moment, like him... Saving Ray like that proves that not only does he have it athletically, but he has the ring awareness naturally as well. He yes. had the awareness to go, fuck. I mean, mm-hmm. he had the awareness to go, whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hard, man. Oh, it's hard. It's so difficult. Yeah, but you're right. 
There was definitely a big whoopsie moment there. I do have to say as well, the timing on the nuck shot at the end of the match, flawless. Yeah. Absolutely flawless. It looked like it cracked him. It was excellent. I think that we are looking at this Logan Paul match with the eyes that it's not against Ricochet. We have to take in mind that it's against Rey Mysterio, who is in his senior years as a wrestler at this point. He can do really good stuff that he has curated. He's really great at doing the things that he had he can do really well and has always done really well, mm-hmm. but he's not pulling a Spanish fly off the top rope. You know what no. I mean? He's not doing these moments that we look at for social media and say, ooh, Logan Paul did something halfway. This was a really good opportunity for Logan Paul to just be a wrestler on a show. And he was exactly he was. there. And I can be honest, in my eyes, there was one moment where I was like, eh. And that was they were having a trade-off and then they both stopped. And then Logan reached out with a boot and hit him with a boot because I think that Ray was communicating to hit him. Logan Paul was not hearing or doing it, wasn't Mm -hmm. feeling the moment correctly. He corrected it. It was like a second and a half like where you, you would notice it. And but it this, was so this is the thing. This is probably something that you, as a professional wrestler, notice, but me, as a viewer, as a fan, probably wouldn't have noticed that at all. Yeah, exactly and right. I'm going to say I. We can no longer say that Logan Paul is a celebrity who is coming. Logan Paul is a professional wrestler. Logan Paul is the United States champion. Yeah. That is a championship that has been held by so many that amazing the, wrestlers. And it's the longest lineage in WWE at the moment. That is insane to me. That it is the longest lineage of a title, and it's a WCW title. It's the only WCW title that is still in use. Yes. Yeah. And, look, it means a lot. I, I saw a really quick reel. And it was Logan with the belt talking to Triple H. And he's, boss, this is a hard sport. Like, he was just like, ah, because he came backstage and he was done. He was so done. And that's awesome. Like, he, he really feels like he has integrated himself in the community, in the world of wrestling. I am looking forward to seeing him on weekly TV. Oh, 100%. And I do hope that we see him as regularly as possible. I do too. And look. Set it right at the top of this match. Well deserved, and he's a professional wrestler. And anyone who's hating on Logan Paul being in the WWE is a hater at this point. And yeah. this is somebody who was a Logan Paul hater. Yeah, I mean, we had this conversation not that long ago, and mm-hmm. I was trying to stick up for it, but you were just like, "Nah, not <laughs> this guy, not this guy." Speaking though of interesting dynamics right Mm -hmm. because i have been on and off and on and off the bianca bell air train for a little while Mm -hmm. i have to say i really like when bianca is on Mm -hmm. and i really like eo as well i really do how do you feel this match went in all honesty i can't tell you anything about this match I so that's the, a bit of a problem, isn't it? It is a problem. I watched the entire thing start to finish, and I can't really tell you anything that happened in that match. I th- 
nothing stood out negatively, but also mm-hmm. it wasn't an exciting match. And I do feel that Bianca, uh, ha- I've grown tired of Bianca. Uh, and the thing is, I was one of her biggest fans up until recently. And it's not that I hate Bianca, I'm just eh on her at the moment. I think it's time to mix up the character or something there. Uh, because I just I don't know what she's about. I'm not entirely sure what their direction is mm. with Bianca. I think that th- we saw, obviously, Kyrie Sane return. That was really cool, but the whole match felt like a setup for that. Here's one thing. I think EO's ring gear was amazing. <laughs> and yeah. I think actually all the ladies in this entire uh, PLE worked really well with the limitations that they're given with ring gear and they've all figured out how to create really cool ring gear with those limitations that they're faced with when they're in Saudi. And I thought EO, when she came out, looked amazing. And then when she took the jacket off, she still looked dope. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that was awesome. And there's my standout from the actual match. Yeah, I I took away a pretty similar vibe from it. I liked the match. I didn't hate it. I Mm. didn't. But I don't really know there's too much that I really remember about it except for the Bailey interaction. And then obviously when Kyrie Sane came out and there was that moment afterwards where Kyrie Sane and EO are standing together and Bailey's, oh no, did I just lose my friend? Is this the end? You know, yeah, there's because... some interesting stuff there because firstly, I think Kyrie's return in Saudi was not the right place. Yeah. That crowd didn't give a shit. They had no yeah. idea who she was. Yeah. So there was that side of it. The interesting side of it is definitely the fact that Kyrie came out to save EO and Bailey has been EO's biggest cheerleader. Essentially, that's what she's been for the last couple of months. She's worried about losing her friend. And then this morning on Twitter, Bailey tweeted at Dakota Kai, which was an interesting one, which is answer your phone. They're insinuating that Dakota Kai is also not talking to Bailey now. Yeah, and what does that mean? Does that mean is that the end? Are we finally at the end of damage control? Is that it? Because that feels like a bit of a whimper. It doesn't feel I like. I hope it's not. I hope we get along. Because look, I thought damage control was over six months ago, and they they brought me back in. Mm-hmm. I hope to see some sort of story with Kyrie as well as damage control and. Like the whole, can I be a friend of Kyrie and a friend and in damage control? You know, there's that whole different dynamic of essentially what they've got going on uh, with Judgment Day at the moment. Yeah, it's a very similar vibe. Yeah. But on and off, because Judgment Day, I think, are strong at the moment. I think that's something that, I don't know, it feels a lot less. A few weeks ago, it was like Priest and Bala were about to murder each other, but. Ever since the titles were regained, it's fallen away. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see how this one builds from here. I think they're going to have to do something big this week on TV to establish Kyrie again because I just don't think that they got had the effect that they were intending to have with her returning at Saudi. The crowd didn't give a shit. As much as commentary were trying to put her over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look... Again, this is one of those things I've always felt about wrestling in general is I always thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a radio station that you could tune into 
or like a podcast nowadays that you can tune into that was a live feed, the commentary. So you could have it in one ear while you're watching the show. I've always thought that was that would be an awesome well, thing to do. You mean at the event? Yeah, like whilst you're watching the event. Yeah, that's the sort of thing like people do when they're watching cricket and stuff, right? As they're listening to the commentary as they're watching the cricket. Yeah. Yeah, it should be something. You should be able to listen to the commentary live. I just think that would be cool because there are moments where I think they get lost in the story. That being said, I'm not... You really shouldn't need to tell people what's happening on a show either. Mm. So I am of two minds of it. You know, you should be able to tell all that in the ring too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Yeah, I don't know. A little bit disappointing, this one, I think, is my takeaway from yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. So what did you think of our next match? Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Damian Priest. All right. So from a standpoint of the story, yes. Yep. Cool. Tells the story. Tells us that Cody is still on the road. In that moment, though, it completely just craps on the main event. And I've been saying it for weeks. Ever since they had that stare down at uh, SmackDown and Roman and Cody directly after LA Knight challenged him to crown jewel, it there are two things happening at the same time and they can't exist in the same space. Mm. And that, to me, even before the main event started put further doubt, which I already had zero hope that LA Knight was going to win, mm. but it put further doubt in my mind because it's like, yeah, okay, we're just waiting. We're building time. We're giving Roman a catalogue of people he's beat so that when it comes to WrestleMania, Cody overcomes it all. Agreed. And 100% agreed. I don't know. I don't know. As it, as it relates to the future of the angle, it's cool. But the match itself, it was cool. I liked the match itself. I liked... The reckoning on the table because I like the idea of Damian Priest using his old finisher, which is Cody's current finisher, yep. as a false finish in Cody matches only. I think that's really cool. But outside of that, yeah, it was a good match. It was more than passable. I think it was probably one of the better matches of the night. Oh, absolutely agreed. Also, I don't know, this is going back to, for some reason I'm obsessed with how people were dressed at this show, but I felt like Damien Priest was making up for the fact that uh, Rhea couldn't wear her normal ring gear and it looked like oh. the gear, that, the vest that he was wearing almost Would looked like. Sorry, I keep interrupting because I'm getting upset, but can you stop wearing girls' tops, Damien Priest? Please. <laughs> it's it, it, Look... If you wore that exact crop, that exact cut, and it was blanked in, he'd look like the freaking Undertaker. Hmm. That would be sick. He would look like Ministry Undertaker if it was just a solid piece with maybe the Judgment Day symbol or something on it. I hate it. I hate <laughs> it so much. I know it's supposed to be like a bit of BDSM vibe. I know that. But it just looks like he's got tits. Yeah, it just looks like he's got boobs and he's wearing a boob top. That, and that's what I was going to get to as I felt like it was like, oh, you're not going to be able to wear that tonight, Rhea. Do you mind if I wear it? <laughs> <laughs> Did you also notice in all the packages for video packages for Judgment Day, they edited out Rhea's chest? Yep. Yep. They had like this weird purple glow over top of mm -hmm. her. I mean, obviously they had to do it for the event, but mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I like what they did. I liked the match. I liked all of the elements to the match. I thought it was a very good match. I could not stop looking at Damien's tits. 
But outside of that, yeah. He, he I, does I, I have great tits. They are rocking boobs, absolutely. There's nothing wrong if you want to flaunt that. But at the same time, at the same time, I really, I strongly <laughs> think that if he just covered them up, it would make him look so much better. I agree, 100%. Because even when he wears the other gear, he wears like stringer tops. They come down almost to his nipples and then it cuts across. Correct. It literally looks like a little bit of a, like a dress. 100% and agree. Maybe that's the vibe he's going for. Obviously, it's the vibe he's going for. But I want him to be like, I want him to be imposing. I want him to be strong. All right, main event time. Roman Reigns. Let me get this across. Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Versus our boy for the LA Night moment of the week. Let's run the clip. Let me talk to him. But was it really the LA Night moment of the week? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It was a LA Night moment of the week. Um, It was a John Cena moment of the week because Roman wins lol. Yeah, Roman comes out. Fights LA Knight looks strong as hell. Oh, he looked amazing. The start of the match when he was just smack talking and refusing to go back to his corner and all that mm-hmm. amazing. The match yep. starts, he was there were moments where he was dominating Roman, but the tired Roman Reigns cliche of interference, cheating, Roman wins, lol. Yeah. It really did come across like that, and I'm not super okay with it. It's, it looked, I'm not. There were more creative ways to get the Roman win, mm-hmm. I think, that they just didn't even explore. I'm just tired of it being the same thing. I am more than happy for Roman to win. I know that it's what they're doing on purpose, but please just give me one strong win. Like, completely, not decisive. I don't want it to be, like, whoever he beats is destroyed. Mm -hmm. But I do want him to be laying in a pool of his own sweat. And I want the other person to be unable to respond. I want to fight. I want to fight. And I want to fight in a way where there's no other, like, Essentially, what what you're wanting is a Brock Lesnar win. I do. I, I I want a survival win. That's what I want. And, that, and then that's what how I, are we at the point by now where we haven't got stipulations in place where the likes of LA Knights coming out and going, yeah, I do want to challenge you, I do want But for the last few pay-per-views you've fought in, every single fight has ended with interference from your guys. We need to ban your guys from ringside. We need a cage around this thing. We need yep. stipulations to stop this from happening. Like, how has this yep. not come up yet? I mean, the one time that it did get used, I think, was in the UK where they ignored it anyway and they had solo Mm -hmm. interfere. Yep. But there should be, like, safeguards in place. And I know we're probably leading towards Mania. I could almost predict that Mania will be inside of a cell. Yeah. It feels like the natural progression, the only way that you can stop it, ban from ringside, cell, locked doors... The whole deal. You still have Solo come out. 
you still have Jimmy come out, whatever it is, but they get ran off before they can do any damage. Or maybe they do damage, but Cody still kicks out and then mm. they're removed from the situation. To me, that is the only way that we can really do this now because if I'm Cody Rhodes, from a canonical story point of view, I'm not having just another match. We're, we're now two months out from the road to WrestleMania. Yeah. Things need to start happening now, which we start getting that style of booking to, one, having Roman look stronger, making the booking look smarter, making the people he's facing look smarter as well. Um, and, yeah, we're just not there yet. Yeah, no, we're not, because everyone's falling for the same tricks. Hmm. Everyone's falling for the same tricks, and it sucks. Yeah. I, I do... I. I it didn't feel pedestrian, but the finish could have been better. Agreed. I like the spear through the barricade, but, and then I like the spear after that, but I would like that to have been a falsy. Uh, what I would like for that to have been is Triple H versus Cactus Jack at Royal Rumble 2000. I would have liked to have hit that, boom, in the ring, boom, one, two, kick out. At the yep. very last microsecond, Roman picks him up, Pass by run, so he like runs past, pushes LA Knight, his body turns, spear again, one, two, three. Like that's what I would have liked to have seen. Like one last moment, mm. one last thing. Maybe he picks him up and as he picks him up, he goes for the spear, goes for the BFT, reverses around again and still hits the spear. It just needed to be more, I think. But the rest of it, as much as I'm not happy with it, LA Knight looked really strong, but strong doesn't mean shit if he's just going to lose for the next night. There was a moment during this match where I genuinely started thinking that your booking may happen. Yeah. Where we, because we had LA Knight looking strong, as I said, and then the cheating and stuff starts, and I was like, someone's going to have to come out and stop this because we see yeah. this over and over again. Someone's yeah. going to have to come out. Have And I was like, shit, is this going to happen? Is Cena going yeah. to run out? to save LA Knight and then boot LA Knight's head off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen. And I, look, I would have been so goddamn happy if it did. Mm. I would have been so happy because that is what I want. Yeah, well, But we well, didn't get there. It's a way of having LA Knight win and still look strong. It's a way of having mm -hmm. Roman win and it be different than all the other times. And it yep. was a way of doing something with Cena. Yeah. Would have been cool. Yeah. Would have been cool, but hey, we're not there yet. Hopefully we get there, but we're not there yet. And so, as far as things go from a from a show point of view, like I said, maybe we're pushing six. We're pushing six snags, man. I don't think I can go higher than six. Look, though. I'm going to come back and agree with you. What did I say? Seven and a half after this discussion. Yeah. I think I am down to a six. Yeah. That's my re-re-review. So that is the Down Under the Ring official official rating for Crown Jewel 2023. Six snags. Six bunning snags. Six democracy sausages worth out of ten. Yep. 
But first, while we're talking about news, let's talk about Pro Wrestling Down Under. Pro Wrestling Down Under is a fantastic source for Australian professional wrestling news and upcoming events, as well as all the latest top news from WWE and AEW. They offer some great exclusive content from interviews, opinion articles, and insights from some of the top Australian wrestlers to make it to the big promotions overseas. PW Down Under aims to be a source of information for people looking to get involved in Australian professional wrestling with events listing, training school bios, and news on the latest seminars across the country. So if you ever wanted to get involved in Australian wrestling, this is the place for you. Visit pwdownunder.com. That's pwdownunder.com. All right, let's talk about some stuff outside of WWE because we've been a very WWE heavy show for the last couple of episodes. And Mm -hmm. last week we did not get time to talk about this, but I really wanted to. We are about to cross the line again. Impact is being rebranded as TNA. How do we feel about this? Give me the six-sided ring. I hated the six-sided ring before, but I, I just want to see it in there. I just, <laughs> just want to see. Uh, I do. There's something about it. I want to see the X Division do their thing, and I want the six-sided ring for one show, just one. They have said the six-sided ring is not coming back, but they have also <laughs> said that going into next year, it's going to be a completely not just a repackage with a rebrand, but they're. A, they're scaling up their production and the way things look and all that sort of thing. So it's a good time to change it, to change the brand or rework the brand. I find it a very confusing, as somebody that works with brands and in branding and in marketing, going back to a brand like TNA is an interesting move because I think capitalising on your nostalgia for a brand is strong but is it strong enough to completely rebrand i'm not saying it's a bad thing by the way i'm just saying it's an interesting move essentially they've gone completely back in time and gone was it started as tna then it became impact then it became global force and then they were like yeah let's reverse and then they've gone back to impact and now back to tna yeah yeah look all right i'm happy with it I really am. I know that I come across as, oh, the six-sided ring. But if I look at it and I think about it, now is the time for TNA to really move up a little bit. Like, it's been a joke, I guess, for years, but it has consistently produced the best talent. It has consistently produced the best producers. It has consistently been the best wrestling for years. 100%. years. All you uh, have the to only do reason is... it never did was because it didn't have the exposure and the coverage it needed. 100% agreed. Like, all you have to do is have a look at WWE at the moment yeah. and look at the stars that they have that have come through Impact and TNA over the years. Have a look yeah. backstage and 50% of the producers and production team are X, TNA or Impact. Yeah. Like, I've been, I, I joked recently that Impact was essentially the development territory for production at WWE. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like you're 100% right, the only thing that has ever held that brand back has been exposure because they just haven't been able to pull off getting a big money deal to get outside of public access, essentially. Yep, yep. And that's how it's felt. It's felt like they've been guerrilla warfare for so long. 
But this is the moment. To me, this is the moment. With AEW being what AEW is, with the NWA slowly nipping at some heels here with a TV deal, with WWE being the global juggernaut, it is Japan. It is right now where TNA needs to stand up. I think everything is working out in TNA's favour at the moment. Uh, yeah. It's like you brought up the AEW situation at the moment. 100% agree, but to touch on the NWA situation, it looks like that TV deal may not be happening. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm sad now. Poor Billy. They did a spot during their special over the weekend, which was a full-on cocaine spot. Ah, oh, okay. Bless well, poor, poor Billy. <laughs> and apparently Billy wrote it and put Billy approved it, and it was all Billy's idea as well. And apparently the network has seen it and gone, nope. Mm, and uh, so apparently the deal's been watered down from TV to a streaming service program. Uh, that sucks. It, it does right suck. There. It does really suck. It was right there. But TNA can capitalise on this. Yeah, look, it's perfect opportunity for TNA to jump through right yep, now. 100%. And, uh, yeah, look, I think it's exciting, especially with the AEW situation as well, like you said. Look, I know that he said that he wants to end his career in WWE, but TNA is the house that AJ Styles built. And his contract has got to be coming up soon, right? Because I'm pretty sure he was on a pretty small contract there, the last one he's done. Because yep. I'm pretty sure he's getting close to the end of his time and he's made reference to that. But I, if they really wanted to push the bar a little bit, I would seriously be interested to see if he could do just a little run there before he left. Look, there is nothing stopping him from... And look, we know that WWE and TNA are a lot friendlier than they ever used to be. There is nothing stopping him from finishing up his contract and going over and having a wee few months over at TNA. Yeah. Big matches, maybe a Christopher Daniels, maybe get Samoa Joe on loan from AEW. Yep. Maybe run it back one more time, the best match they ever had. Yep. That'd be sick, actually. And then, the have, him go, then have him go back to WWE, have a final run. And yep. Yeah. Hall of Fame. Look, let's do it. <laughs> Hall of Fame, please. Please, Hall of Fame for that guy. I know his contributions to WWE have been not minimal, but not what we wanted. But, if but his contributions dude, to pro wrestling. Yeah, if anyone deserved it for their contributions to pro wrestling in general, it's AJ Styles. I, I met AJ Styles in New Zealand about 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And... Not only is he an amazing pro wrestler, but he is such a nice guy. Yeah. No, he's genuinely like a sweet dude from yeah. everything, every report I've ever heard. He is just the nicest and guy. And if you want to get this dude nerding out, don't talk to him about pro wrestling. Talk to him about retro video games. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he loves that, doesn't he? Oh, dude. We were talking because <laughs> at the time when I met him, I had full-size arcade machines in my collection and that's what we've talked about for half an hour. I really just want to, and I love the guy, but I'm going to bring it up here. That was a, we don't have a stinger for this. Maybe I'll make one. That was Fid McAwesome's Mick Foley moment of the week because he's repeating a story that was told already on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we might need a stinger for this. <laughs> 
Oh, but no, yes, I, I mean, it's awesome. I, I love that. I love that's the, the kind of guy that he is as well because he does seem super cool. 100%. Now, I'm not would... American, so I have no horse in the race about his political views, but aside from that, I hear he's awesome. Yeah, but, but since we're talking about people going back and having one more run, how do we feel about Ric Flair coming to AEW? Ooh, oh man, I don't know how I feel about that. I just, uh... All right, F- damn it! All right, hell, man, Flair. I love you, Ric Flair. <laughs> I do. I really do. Aside from all of the terrible human being that you are, the contributions again to professional wrestling, try transformation of this guy as well. Just everything that Flair has done for wrestling. Every amazing match, my brother in Christ, it's time to go to sleep. It's time to go and ride off. Yeah? Go do your podcast. Legit. Look how many people have an amazing podcast who have extended their worth in wrestling, who have had, they just have a career revitalization. I know what it is like as a person with a broken neck who lived to do this, who decided more than anything in the world, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. I know what it is when you can't do it, when you're mm-hmm. not allowed to do it anymore. I know it burns. It stings every day. It's all you think about because I feel that way and I am in no way comparing myself to Ric Flair or Ric Flair's legacy. So for me, my feelings are like a drop in the ocean mm-hmm. compared to how you must feel but you have to know, you have to know that nobody wants a Ric Flair match in 2023. Like, so he's talking about the fact that he is cleared. I, yeah, that's the thing that gets me. I doubt he's cleared. Mm-hmm. Genuinely doubt that he has been cleared. I think he's talking sh- shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's lying. I think he's full of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he is cleared. Uh, also, interestingly enough, uh, I saw something that said that Rick may not actually be being paid by AEW for this return. Oh, there's no way he's there if he's not getting paid. No, there's apparently, no way. Apparently, the company that owns Rick Flair Energy or Woo Energy is the company that is paying for him to be there. So there's been a sponsorship deal signed with AEW where Woo Energy will be available at every event to to purchase. It'll be on the uh, commentary desk uh, during the show. And as a part of that deal, Rick is on the show to promote the drink and be on the show. So it's an interesting deal if that's what's happening. If he's been cleared, my feelings about Tony Khan... And his ability to run a wrestling show, his professionalism, all of it, I am calling it all into question. If he has got a doctor to clear Ric Flair, knowing full well all of the stuff, I would be super disappointed. I'm disappointed to see Ric Flair on television after everything that Tony Khan has said about Vince McMahon. Yeah. That is my biggest issue with this situation is Rick historically has not been a good human being and 
it's a matter of fact now. Rick admitted it himself back in the day, before long before Dark Side of the Ring happened. Dark yep. Side of the Ring highlighted it and made it very clear how bad that situation was. Yep. And then after Tony Khan has basically made a big deal out of the issues that he had with Vince's indiscretions, he yeah. is quite willing to bring Rick onto TV. That's what mm-hmm. I have an issue with. Yeah. I'm not a fan at all. But in saying that, it's in line with the way AEW is going at the moment. And I am an AEW mark. I yes, am an AEW are. fan. I loved AEW, have loved mm-hmm. AEW. But I don't, I'm not enjoying it at the moment. I, the booking's weird. I think the only interesting thing happening on that show at the moment is everything surrounding MJF. But this company has lost its way. That's how I feel. I don't like that this is a conversation we're having after the conversations we've had leading up to this. Hmm. I don't like that. I don't like feeling like I was right about the conversations we've had. Hmm. I don't like the concept that, yes, there are leaks in the ship. Yep. But there are leaks in the ship. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, and I, that sucks. I don't think that it can't be reversed. We're at a point no. where this can all be reversed and refocused and can go back on track. I don't think we're in 2000 WCW territory yet. Yeah, look, W fans, please don't switch off, all right? We're not saying that it's the worst show. We're not saying that it's garbage or anything like that. We are saying, though, that it needs something. It needs some work to Mm -hmm. get back where it should be. Because right now, it's not where it should be. There's all sorts of things that I think have watered down the show that have led to this. I think Ring of Honor has watered down AEW. Mm-hmm. But I also think AEW has watered down Ring of Honor. I love mm-hmm. both those brands. They need to be on their own and separate. I also think Ring of Honor should have a TV deal as well. But oh, yeah, that's absolutely. a completely separate situation. Um, but currently we have so many titles on AEW and then one of each of all those same titles again because of Ring of Honor and they're all coming into the AEW television. Like, how yeah. many titles do we need? Um yeah. It's watering down the stories that are being told. We've got oh, every other podcast you ever listen to in pro wrestling at the moment saying this, but too many people on the roster, which means we're trying to give them all airtime. And there's just things that WWE are doing so much better at the moment. And I think it's because their roster isn't as bloated as, WW, as AEW. They're able to focus their stories It has become really relevant to me based on the fact that we have not covered AEW properly for two, three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. And that's saying something because I have been here listening to you talk about AEW en masse since we started this with hope and love in your eyes. And now when I say, hey, How's the document for this week going for AEW? Because I didn't really cover that a lot. I would always watch it, but hmm. I think that you would take the most notes. It's uh, I haven't done that yet because I just 
ugh. Meh. And then so like we split the show in two because I was talking so much about AEW. Yeah. And, and now we haven't needed to. We haven't. At all. This is my plea to Tony Khan is do something. I don't know what it is. Maybe you need to start dropping people off the roster as their contracts are expiring, which I don't want to see people out of work. No. But, dude, let these people go and work the indies and make some money because currently there's a lot of people that aren't getting work on your show at the moment. But in saying that, your show is also not focused at the moment. Do what you can to get a Ring of Honor TV deal and let that show be its own thing. Like oh, Ring of man, Honor I don't survived, know what you talk about. Ring of Honor survived got... for how many years with... By being on its own. Yeah. Yeah. It really did. Like, it doesn't need anything else. It doesn't need to be a sister brand. It can just be its own show. I don't have a problem with talent going back and forth every now and then. No. Make it meaningful by having them separate for a decent amount of time before that happens. Man, Um, I don't know what you're talking about, all right? Jerry's show returned this week, right? That's cool. Yeah. Jericho, Chris Jericho... And Paul Paul. the young whippersnapper, the, the Paul White, no more BS. They were doing a thing. Look, I mean, I can't, all right? I can't. I try. I really try. But I'm done right now. As yep. it stands, I'm done. Uh, there are some great things. We would be remiss not to talk about MJF versus Kenny Omega. But those things are so few and far between. The yeah. highlight of this week was MJF scissoring. Yeah. That's a problem. It is a problem. That's a huge problem. The, the other thing was my Twitter feed was full of people angry that Danhausen's return didn't happen. That they have teased for the last two months that was going to happen at Halloween. Did not happen. But it's okay because we've got Big Show. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, place where all... all things go to die. That's what I said at the start of the thing, and it's how it feels right now. I mean, even Edge's return or Edge's return has been... Edge. Edge's return has fallen flat. Yeah. Um, I don't yep, which care. Which I didn't want it to do. No, and I don't care about that story at the moment. It's just not no. nothing happening at AEW at the moment is gripping me. Nothing's exciting. And it should be. Maybe I'm just it depressed. Look, <laughs> uh, well, that's possible, I guess. It, it should, though. It should be that gorilla grip. No, I can't say that anymore. It should be... <laughs> It, it should be engaging you every time. Like, mm. it, it, it really should. Week to week, and WWE doesn't always do that. I, We just said that Crown Jewel was mid, but yeah. I would rather watch a mid WWE pay-per-view than AEW right now. 100% agreed. All right, now let's lighten things up a bit after that big rant, and let's get into some exciting stuff, some local pro wrestling, the shows that you need to get out and see in your region in the coming month, starting with... In New Zealand, Warrior Wrestling, Aotearoa Showdown. It's happening November the 11th in Takapuna, warriorwrestling.co.nz for tickets. If you're in Melbourne, be sure to check out Renegades of Wrestling Breakthrough. It's happening Saturday, November the 11th, the same day, Essendon's Arena. And then on November the 18th in Padstow here in New South Wales, All-Star Pro Wrestling Australia, there can only be one. And look, I have had some messages this week. Finally, you guys are sending me messages about this. And I'm really happy to say that South Australia contingent is getting a bit of a thing this week. No. So we've, yeah, it's happening. 
And first on that list, we've got ACW Aftermath, happening November 18th at the ACW Academy. Tickets at acwentertainment.com.au. And then Riot City Wrestling Power Trip, November 11th in Kilkenny. Tickets available from Outix. On top of that, we've got some information on Dude Where's My Ring over in my side of the hood. Over in Perth, Attack on Seasonal, November 24th. Tickets available at Eventbrite. On top of that as well, the big dog, ooh, uh, WWE Elimination Chamber in Optus Stadium, Perth, February 21st, 2024. And then finally, we've got EPW Aussie Wrestling Super Show February 23rd at the Williton Stadium. And just a quick note on EPW as well. Recently, they have celebrated and starting posting everywhere, all over their socials, everywhere, about EPW's history running deep. 22 years in business, hey? How good is that for anybody, any company? So very big love and shout out to them. They could have put me on the poster picture. That's just a thing. Whatever. But, yeah, big love to EPW. Congratulations on all of the success. And uh, say, I, was, I was just about yeah. to say, for the WWE situation, sorry, and uh, for anyone wanting tickets to WWE Elimination Chamber, tickets are actually on sale this week, Wednesday for pre-orders, and Friday they are opening up to the public. Hell, yeah, get in there quickly because... That's going to sell. That's going to sell. That is going to sell completely out, I do believe. And hey, what a week in wrestling. We managed to cover every company, despite the fact the AEW thing was just us abusing it for a little bit. I think we did a pretty good job. Hey, that abuse was all with love, though. Honestly, yeah. Honestly, it was. Anything we've said there, please take that as it's intended, as Mm. that we want to see it be the best it can be and right now it is not absolutely it just isn't and that sucks so let's see it turn around yeah hopefully but thank you thank you so much for being a part of the show this week you especially don't listen the other person is listening right now not them just you thank you so much for listening thank you for being here thank you for being beautiful and as always we'll see you down under the ring